With the new X series of scratch-offs from the New York Lottery, you can multiply your winnings up to 100 times. The X series from the New York Lottery, it's a better way to multiply. You must be 18 years or older to purchase. Please play responsibly. On this week's episode, Hall of Famer and Bills legend Thurman Thomas joins us on the podcast. He talks what has impressed him most about the Bills, similarities between Marv Levy and Sean McDermott, and why he wants this Bills team to be known as the best one ever. All that and more as Bills Pod Squad starts right now. Welcome in the Bills Pod Squad presented by the New York Lottery, Maddie Glavin, Bills owner and president Kim Pagula here as your host, Bills Pod Squad is a podcast that takes you into the lives of our current and former Buffalo Bills players. We've got Bills legend, Hall of Famer Thurman Thomas on with us today. He gets into the 90s days playing for the Bills and also talks about his relationship with the current players on this team. And Kim, the Bills are headed to the AFC Championship to face the Kansas City Chiefs. The winner goes to the Super Bowl. It's the first time the Bills have been to a conference championship game since the 1993 season, and Thurman gets into that when they beat the Chiefs, and Thurman went off for like 186 rushing yards. But before we get into Sunday's game, we've got to recap the 17-3 win over the Ravens in the divisional round to get the Bills to the AFC championship game. What was the day like for you? I know we had to like wait all day for this game uh, with it being an 8-15 kickoff, but it, it came, it was a three to three score at halftime. I'm sure we were all scratching our heads a little bit, wondering how the second half would go. And the Bills were able to score a touchdown, get a defensive touchdown and win the game. What was the suite like for you? What was the day like for you? Oh my goodness, you're, you're right. You know, there was a lot of, waiting around these night games. But you know what, I, I felt good because we had had a lot of night games and we have been successful, you know, whether it was, you know, um, the Monday night against New England, or I think even, I even consider like the four o'clock games, the night games, but anything that we've had so many games this year where we haven't had the, that normal, you know, Sunday one o'clock game. And I remember, you know, I, I was complaining about them, right? Like, just cause uh, like I do. And Brandon said to me, he's like, listen, you got to get used to it because when, you, when you're good, that's what you get. You get the Sunday nights, the Monday night games. You get, you know, you get those types of a big national games. And so you're going to have to get used to it. So I said, okay, fine. I, I'll shut up. <laughs> Quit complaining about them, right? Um, but that day, like, listen, that was a good football team. And um, the Ravens, besides, you know, besides Lamar Jackson, just – their whole team as a whole. Again, we talk about consistency in the coaching staff. Um, certainly that they're a team that, that has had consistency and you can see that they've been in the playoffs, what, I think three years in a row now. Um, and, but yeah, it, it was a little bit nerve wracking that the, the, the first half and I was so mad when they scored that, um, that field goal right at the end. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, we go all the way uh, to halftime and then just, let them catch up to you. Um, even if it was just the three points, it was so windy out there though. I, I don't, I think, um, I don't know if you could tell on TV or not, but it, it was windy. And when you talk to the people on the field, they would say the, the problem with the wind is like, you didn't know which way it was coming from. Like, so you thought, you know, you were going against the wind, but then all of a sudden different moments of times it would swirl the other way. So that did provide, you know, um, some challenges, I think for both teams. So that's the good thing. The weather sometimes, you know, affects both teams. It's not just one-sided. But um, 
but I thought we did a, a great job of just, you know, I, I remember I talking to like, listen, our, our suite was like, we were mad, we were happy, we were like, it was just all over the place. Like, what are we doing? Like, you know, and then like, oh, I remember the 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 um, the return, the interception, and the Teron Johnson's for the 101 return. We're like, drop, drop, and they like fall down, fall down. We're like yelling at him, like to just get down, get down, don't fumble. And then all of a sudden, we're like, no, no, go, 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 go. So it was just. It was just a lot of fun when you get someone that makes that type of uh, play that, you know, a playoff, so memorable, a moment in the game uh, that, you know, I'm so happy the fans were able to be there to enjoy it. But um, yeah, th those are just some, uh, yeah, it was, it was, like I said, it was a good game. Um, and then I remember at the, if you remember Maddie, at the beginning of the year, we, we struggled coming out of the, out of halftime, right? That third quarter. Yes, the third and quarter. And it went all the way back to last season too. We struggled in the third quarter. But then Not anymore. Quarter, that has been our best quarter. And I remember at halftime, you know, there's a group chat of, of us that, that I'm on and I'm like, hey, you know, like question mark, we own the third quarter, you know, question mark, question mark, like, hey, here we go. Like it's the third quarter. Um, is this going to be where we break out? And we certainly, we certainly did. And of course, you know, the Ravens helped because they took up the whole time on the third quarter, but didn't get any points out of it, which was, mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of how you, how you want it to be. Uh, so, you know, it was a great, great game overall. Um, but like I said, I still think our guys got, have more in them. I really do. Yeah, I, I completely agree. They haven't played their best game yet in the playoffs. I think they really haven't played their best game yet either this whole season. We've seen them play some really great games, and it's easy to point some really great games out. But I think we're still waiting for, for that, the epitome of, like, great games for the Buffalo Bills this season. And I think it could happen within the next two weeks. I mean, we've only got two more games left. If we win on Sunday, we've got one more left. So I think it, it'll come, hopefully, in these next two matchups that we can hopefully be a part of. But – that game ended at probably like 11.30, I want to say, 11-ish. Was it a pretty late night for you? What, when did you leave the stadium? Did you just stay up until the next day? Uh, no, yeah, oh yeah. I think we, I think I got home, I got home around 3 a.m. from wow. the stadium. And then I got home and my, my, uh, my stepdaughter and her husband were there and they were still up. And so, we rewatched the game again. So like, I didn't get to bed. I didn't get to bed because when you're live and you're there, you know, you miss, you get, to, you miss a lot of things, right? Because you're watching it live. And so we ended up watching the game again um, on TV. So I didn't get to bed till, till really early in the morning. It sounds like a five or six bedtime for you if you watch the entire game back once you at home. That is true commitment. You are a true fan if you're going home and then watching the game back. But what did you do after the game? Did you and did you and Terry kind of unwind in one of your offices and and go over the game, or do you talk with Sean and Brandon quickly after the game? How does that go once we're in the playoffs? Well, Terry usually talks to talks to Sean and. Um, obviously, Brandon's with us. They usually go down to the locker room right before the game ends. And so um, Terry's usually in the locker room and he talks to Sean a little bit there. But then we all come back uh, to our offices and, you know, we just chill and celebrate and talk and just like, again, you know, we talk about how close knit the team is. But I feel like even 
even those football personnel guys, right? Like, you know, whether it's the Dan Morgans and Joe Shane's and Brandon's and all those that, you know, are loud in the office after a game, you know, we're a close group too. And we just like to sit and enjoy talking to each other about the game, about our experiences, just enjoying it. And I think those moments really are really special because listen, all those people there, you know, I, I had, like I said, I had my daughter and her husband there back at our house because they're not allowed at, at the, um, in the offices. And I kind of felt bad because I knew they were waiting for us back home. But I was like, these are the guys that have worked every day, mm-hmm. year after year. And that's who you want to spend it with, right? That's what you yes. special moments. You want to spend it with those people that help get to this point because you know the work and the effort that, that they put into this. So I was like, Sorry, we're we're gonna we'll be home soon, right? <laughs> and but but they understood because like I said, they, they were coming up as fans and their family and we'll have an opportunity to see them, but but uh but these guys in the office who who consistently work day in and day out um and really have those the tough decisions and to see it all come together, be able to enjoy it with them. So th- those are special times. Yeah, it's good to take the time. And even if it's just an hour or two to like enjoy the win and and enjoy all the hard work that's gone into it. Because as soon as those couple hours are up, I know those coaches and the scouts are working towards next week. And Brian Dayball, when he talked to the media this week, he was like, every single waking moment is spent on this Chiefs matchup. So to know how much hard work they're putting into the game plan this week and practicing, it's, it's nice after the Baltimore win to spend an hour or two just enjoying it. But speaking of people who have been a part of these wins and who are special to the Buffalo Bills organization is the Bills legends. And there's, there's some guys who are still in Buffalo who chose to make a home in Buffalo after their playing career was over. And some, some really special people who are a part of that Bills Legends community. And, of course, we have Thurman Thomas on the podcast this week. But I just wanted to ask you about what it's like to have a relationship with that community, um, some of the Bills Legends that you are close to, what your relationship is like with them, and how nice it is to have them around the team still. Uh, definitely. Listen, you know, we have such a great alumni across actually both teams. We have a lot of hockey, a lot of football alumni that live and stayed here in Buffalo. And I think that really says something about this city. Um, I remember, you know, before we bought the team, like, you know, you're thinking, you know, you got these legends, Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas and, um, and just like the, you know, the memories that you have of them, you know, in their playing days. And then you get to meet them in real life. And like you said, have some type of a relationship with them. And you realize they're just good people, right? Like, they're just, you know, part of this community, like all these other Bills Mafia and our fan base and, and you and I. Um, and that, I think, speaks really well of, of the, their time here in Buffalo, the coaching that they got from Marv, just to keep everything in perspective, to appreciate, you know, appreciate being in a community, appreciate uh, the things even post their career. Listen, you can get a big ego, you can get a big head, um, accomplishing some of the things that those guys have done. But they are down to earth. They're family people, um, and they want to be a part of this. And I'm so excited for for them to be able to experience, relive by being a fan and by by staying here and committing to this community that they get a, a chance to be a part of this. So um, it, it's like I said, it says a lot about the kind of people that they are. For them to have chosen to live here in Buffalo, 
they could have gone anywhere and they chose here to be at home. Yeah, I think it's so cool that they are now fans of the team that they used to play for. I saw a video of Thurman during the Ravens game and he was on his feet and he was jumping around. It was after a big play and it was just it's so cool to see a former player act like that about the team that they played for. And something even cooler, I thought that Thurman mentioned on the podcast was he was like, it's time for us to not be known as the best Bills team. We have got to turn this over to the current team. We want them to be known as the best team. We want them to win a Super Bowl. And how nice is it of someone who who's played for one of the best, if not the best, Bills teams in the past, wanting to pass that torch on to the current guys here in 2020 and 2021. Yeah, like I said, they're just good, good people. You know, like I said, no egos there. Um, you know, they, they know what it means because they were not able to achieve it. They know what that would mean to the players in this community to get that, that um, Super Bowl win. And so, um, you know, just being selfless and, and saying like, listen, we, we know how much this means. Um, they're, like I said, they're, they're just good people with no egos wanting what's best. And they understand and appreciate what that means to what, what a win would mean to um, this, to the Buffalo and all the fans, even across the country that, you know, maybe were, were in Buffalo at that time, but then have moved out. Um, you know, it's just, like I said, it, it's nice to have those guys in your corner. And listen, I don't care how long you played or how if you're a rookie this year, you can always learn from someone who's been there. And the fact that he's got relationships with some of our players to not tell them what to do, you know, that's the coach's job and they understand that, but to just provide support and experience or talk through things that maybe, you know, guys that haven't been in this position before um, are going through now. It, it's nice that they're lending their time and their support and their knowledge and experience to our current team. Yes, totally. All right, we won't make you guys wait any longer. Here's our interview with the Hall of Fame running back, Thurman Thomas, who was drafted by the Bills in 1988 in the second round, spent 12 seasons playing for Buffalo, was a five-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, won the NFL MVP award in 1991, and holds the all-time rushing record and yards from scrimmage record for the Buffalo Bills is Thurman Thomas. Thurm, we are so pumped to have you on the podcast this week. We've been waiting to have a Bills legend on, and I think you are the perfect guest to have on this podcast as we preview the AFC Championship matchup. And let's just go back to the 1993 season, the last time the Bills were in the AFC Championship game. You were in that game. You had three touchdowns in that game. Can you tell me what you remember from that? And, of course, it was against the Kansas City Chiefs. You guys beat them. 30 to 13 to move on to the Super Bowl? Well, actually, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was our fourth AFC championship game in a row. And it was at home, obviously, against the Chiefs and Marty Schottenheimer and again, going against uh, the legendary Joe Montana uh, at that time and Marcus Allen in the backfield and Derek Thomas on the other side and Neil Smith. And uh, we, we knew that it was going to be a challenge. And, uh, but we figured that we had the, the uh, deciding factor. And that deciding factor was the home field advantage, being there at Rich Stadium with 79,000 folks. And uh, it, it was beautiful. And uh, 
you know, it was something that we looked forward to because nobody had ever been to the Super Bowl four years in a row. Now, there's been teams that have been three times, but uh, we figured, like, you know what? Let's go out and do it. Let's go out and do it on style. And I tell you what, the offensive line that week, uh, that game was absolutely tremendous. You know, the guys, Kent Hall, Will Warford, and all the guys really gave Jim Kelly time to throw the ball and me to run the ball. And uh, it was an exciting day. Aaron, was that was that the game plan? I mean, you had over, what, oh, close to 200 yards that game. Was that the game plan going in to run the ball when you had a – Someone like Jim Kelly, you know, leading the team down the field, uh, you know, it seems unlikely that, you know, obviously, you know, you, you had a tremendous year, but in a game like that against the Chiefs, against the Joe Montana, was right. the game plan always to run the ball? Uh, it wasn't really. It was to uh, really throw the football because they had some coverages that they were running on the defensive side that we felt like we can take advantage of. And, and being in front of that was uh, Andre Reid. Uh, we had him in the slot and he was going against a corner that we felt like was kind of built like a safety. So going into that game, you know, we felt like we were going to throw the ball, throw the ball and throw the ball. You know, at Jim was all we can practice, you know, everything was just to Andre, to James Lofton, to Don Beebe. And I'm just sitting there kind of going like, well, we do have a pretty good running game, you know. But uh, I think as the game wore on, things changed. You know, we wanted to emphasize the run a little bit more so that we can open up the pass. And so the game changed. The game plan changed a little bit. And that was all because of Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly was like, you know what, we need to run the football just to have some time run off the clock and keep Joe Montana on the sideline. Thurman, you're talking about this game as if it was yesterday. Kim and I have talked about on this podcast multiple times that we have a hard time remembering games from last season, let alone earlier this season. Do games like that just stick out in your mind forever? Or are you just blessed with, like many football players, a really great memory? Well, I think I'm blessed with a really great memory, especially when it comes to football. I mean, I, I, can, I remember, you know, my first game plan against the Minnesota Vikings. I had 18, wow. 86 yards and a touchdown. I mean, it, it goes all the way back to then. And uh, uh, it's just one of those things where, you know what, you remember the ones that you win, but you don't remember as much of the games that you lose. And uh, for that game, it was something that I remember. I, I remember all this stuff. And, uh, uh, but, you know, we talk about it a lot. Myself, Jim Kelly, Bruce Smith, Andre Reed, Darrell, Kanias. We talk about games all the time, you know. Even when, you know, the Bills this year, you know, uh, played Arizona or played whoever, you know, we were like, hey, remember that time we played Arizona and the wind was like 40 miles per hour here, you know? I mean, it just goes back and back. And uh, so, uh, but you know what? Those are good times and great times. And uh, we remember things like that. Well, certainly you have played in a lot of postseason games. Um, what What is the difference between postseason and regular season? I, I know obviously anything can happen. And, you know, there's been some great, you know, memorable plays. Um, from those games, but you know, if, if you were coaching a team, like what's the one thing you tell your team about the postseason versus regular season? Well, it's if you lose, you go home. That's basically the kind no, of no pressure, no pressure, yeah, no pressure at all. Yeah, you lose, you go home, and you get to watch the rest of the postseason on television and go play golf or whatever. So, uh, but you know what? It, it is a pressure packed situation knowing that if you do lose, you're done for the season. But uh, 
you know what, we've had a great group of guys on our football team that really understood, you know, the magnitude of the game and the, the, the circumstances that were leading up to it. And, you know, having great players uh, on, on that football team has really made it easy for us. And it really made it easier for the younger guys coming in to maybe be in a pr pressure situation. You know, when you have Darryl Talley on one side and Ken Hall on the other side, you know, you, you look at those guys and every year was different, but every year myself included a lot of the players, we looked at Ken Hall, we looked at Daryl Talley to see what they were going to say in that moment or in a circumstance like that. So, uh, but you know what, it, it is the pressure of it, you know, either either you fold on it or you continue to move on. And, and we continue to move on after every AFC championship game. Well, I know Josh, you know, this is, would be his first championship, AFC championship game, but it would not be for our coaches. So it gives me some hope that we've got a lot of experience behind our coaching staff with obviously Coach McDermott, Brian Dable, Leslie Frazier. They've got some uh, championship games under their belt. So it does make me feel a little bit better that we got some of that experience. Uh, maybe not four Super Bowls of uh, appearances, <laughs> but we've, we've got some uh, games under our belt. So that makes me feel a lot better. I tell you what, I, I tell you what, when when you guys hired Sean McDermott and I, I heard the story about you talking about and, and Terry talking about, but he's a wrestler. He has a plan. He knows what to do. <clears throat> I, I saw that and I was like, you know what? He is a wrestler. He is different. And when he started naming out his coaching staff and led by Leslie Frazier and then so on and so on, I was looking at that more of, you know what? The guy is hiring teachers guys that can teach the game. And not only that, he's hiring guys who some have played, like Leslie Frazier, who have been in that situation before and to mentor and to talk to these players as Marv used to talk to us like men. And uh, I tell you what, it, it was it, it was such a, a great day when you guys signed him and had the press conference. And uh, he, he has been a positive coach ever since he's been here and I think the players feel off that because he has pushed the right buttons I've talked to Micah Hyde a lot about coach McDermott and what he's trying to do in practice he said he makes it fun he makes us want to come over there every single day and practice and we were on that football field we lay it out on the line for him and uh, he, him and Brandon Bean have done man an outstanding job I mean if they're here for another 10 years I guarantee you we should have at least two Super Bowl wins under our belt you know, I so, love that. <laughs> you, are, you are so right because, you know, I remember when, when Coach was laying out his staff, um, you know, we would say, oh, well, how do you know this guy, right? And because a lot of times, as you know, you know, it's very buddy-buddy system. It's someone you right. work with, someone you, you know, you're on another team with. And he would, you know, no, I never worked with Leslie Frazier, but <laughs> this, I did my homework. And this is the kind of person, this is what I'm told, this is the kind of, I've always liked his game plans or oh, however, he's a great person, that kind of thing. And so you knew this guy did not have the ego of like, listen, I'm going to bring all my friends with me. We're going to, you know, do this. He was trying right. to honestly get the best person he felt for the organization that gives him the best opportunity to win. It didn't matter that he didn't know them personally or had never worked with them. So you, you are totally right on that point. Right. And when I was... When the season began, we did an, a bunch of interviews with some of the Bills legends and talked to Steve Christie and Andre Reid and, and Jim Kelly and the parallels between Marv and Sean that a lot of the Bills legends pointed out seemed like 
like you already added Thurman, seems like a, a just a good human who wants to bring the best out of you and also teach you along the way, not necessarily just coach you, but teach you. So you're a better person leaving the team than when you came in. And I think that's so important. And I think it also lends a hand to how tight the locker room is between players. And I know that was very similar for, for your team's Thurman. What is, what is a tight knit locker room do for a team overall when they get out onto the field? And why is it so important in the playoffs in the AFC championship when, when you're a win away from going into the Super Bowl that you have a tight knit, a close knit team. And also to think about everything that's been going on in our world this year that could easily divide a team in many different ways and all the hurdles that they've had to jump through through COVID to just have a group that's that tight and and can share a vision together what does that do for a team well I, I think it brings them closer together <clears throat> I, I guarantee you you know I told the guys a couple of years ago Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier I said you know what this is the time that you guys need to start building your memories here and uh, I can tell you when when they broke the 17 game, 17 year uh, drought of not going to the playoffs, I guarantee you, that moment seeing Kyle and seeing Micah Hyde and seeing <clears throat> all those guys in the locker room embracing each other, being happy for each other, that's kind of for me where it really started to see what type of football team this team is, is building and what type of football team Sean McDermott is building. And, and then, you know, you come a year later and you, you add a guy like Trey White. I mean, who wouldn't want to love Trey White coming into the locker room every single day, having fun, making jokes with people? And uh, so I, I think, you know, they have done, Brandon Bean has done a great job, really, of bringing the players, like you said, the players and the type of coaches that they want into this culture, to buy into that culture. And that's exactly what Bill Polian and Marv Levy did back in the um, 80s when they first got here and that continued for a number of years so um you know what it, it makes you want i've talked to guys say it makes you i love going to practice i love going against josh i love going against stefan diggs you know and that right there brings out a lot the best in every single football player not only on the field but off the field because you get to know that person you get to know these players and it, I know Sean uh, McDermott has done a lot during training camp. Obviously, this was different, but how he lets players get up and introduce themselves and talk about their livelihood, their family. You know, those are the type of things that bring teams so close together. And so when you have that winning feeling, it's great. But also, if you're on the other end of it, you feel, you feel bad for everybody. You don't blame anybody. You stay right there. You focus. You know that you're one team. Uh, and not one player is going to lose a football game for you. <clears throat> You're all in this together, and uh, that culture has been brought together today by the Buffalo Bills, their organization, their coaching staff. Thurman, I'm not saying that I believe all the rumors of back when you guys were, you know, back in the, the 90s and late 80s, uh, but I would say, you know, imagine how close you guys were as a team that you guys had to quarantine at home. You couldn't go out. There was no <laughs> parties. You know, there was no celebrating wins. I mean, there was no basements to go to or anything like that. That, you know, you're in this COVID where you're wearing masks and distancing and basically you come to work and then you go home and that's about it. Right. Um, imagine back in the day, um, those years, how close you guys all were 
not being able to do any of those things. Um, you know, like, do you think you would have made it to four Super Bowls? That's a good question. I'm, I'm, I can probably sit up here and give you an honest answer of probably no. I mean, because we, I mean, we love so much of hanging together, you know, and it, it, every time we went somewhere or did something, it wasn't just one or two players. You know, you're talking about 10 or 15 players that would go places together as a team. And to be in that situation right now, I don't know if we would have handled it very well. Um, being at home, you know, a lot of players went over on the off days or whatever, hung out at the stadium and just, you know, just did things like that. Now, I think that probably would have been the solution for it. Hey, you know what? Let's just stay over here at the stadium the entire time. Don't go home. <laughs> just go home after the game. But uh, you know what? It was such an exciting time here, Kim, that, uh, you know, being out with the fans. And uh, and I know what? Uh, I, I, I wish the Bills players could experience that right now because of, you know, we have a really good football team. I wish the city of Buffalo could experience that right now. I mean, it's been – man, it's been so long since we've had this winning situation and one, one game from the uh, Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, it's uh, – I really wish the fans of now, the Bills Mafia, could really understand how it was back then. But uh, it, it's a great thing. I Hey, look, I tell people all the time, you know what, wouldn't – wouldn't this be the year that the Bills go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl and only <clears throat> a lot of people wouldn't have been able to go to it. So uh, I'm happy for the city, but uh, it's something that we really enjoy. And uh, I love being here around these guys and, and the city. Thurman, you talk about all the relationships that you had with the guys on your team when you were playing for the Bills, but what is it like to still have relationships with a good amount of those teammates that you had? It seems like, there's a core group of you who is still so tight and, and is still, of course, around the Bills and in Buffalo. What does it mean to, to be a part of a team, but then take your teammates into life together after football and really form a family, a, a brotherhood that, that extends beyond the football field? Well, you know, if you look at the history since the guys have retired, I mean, we obviously know with Jim Kelly and his struggles with cancer, you know, that has always brought us closer together uh, years ago, uh, him losing his son, Hunter. Um, you know, we're fans of the game now, and, and we remain close. And I, and I guarantee you, I talk, like, I talked to Josh about this, about, you know, once your career is over, you know, how are you going to relate back to these guys? Are you going to be friends? And I, and I keep going back to that's the culture that Sean McDermott has built. These guys are going to be friends forever. And uh, that's the kind of way that, you know, we've been ever since all of us have retired. You know, you to, we have a group text, you know, myself, Jim, Andre, Bruce, Daryl, Cornelius, Will Wolford, Steve Tasker, uh, Chris Moore. And I guarantee you, come Sunday morning of the AFC Championship game, we'll get a text about 6 o'clock in the morning. Hey, everybody get up. Let's go. It's game time. So. <laughs> You have, when you have guys like that, that you've been around, that you love, that you, uh, you cherish the relationship that you have with them, uh, it's always a great thing. And, uh, and these guys are going to be my guys for the rest of my life. And, uh, and I hope the guys over there are feeling the same way and can do the same thing. So, Thurman, you know, now that you are a fan and you're just you know, you're watching the game, uh, you know, take us through kind of what your day is like on game day. Um, you know, be, be all the planning, like you said, you get the early text message chain going, um, you know, how you watch the game. And then are you, la you know, that 
backseat driver coach, I guess you, you would call it. Are you out there? Are you yelling at the TV? Like, you know, why do this, do that, you know, go for it on, on fourth and one or don't, or, or how are, you know, are you the, are you coaching from, from your TV set? I'm definitely coaching from my TV set. And, and last week I was coaching, you know, from the stadium because I was at the game last week. So, uh, yeah, I was uh, – we do that all day and all night long. I mean, even after the game is two or three hours over, you know, we're still talking about what happened throughout the game. And, yes, you know, uh, just last week I was like, man, come on, Coach David. I mean, run the ball at least one time, you know. That's <laughs> Those are the type of things that be going. I'm like, I know Josh is out. Josh and Stefan Diggs are clicking right now, but you got to throw a run in there every now and then, you know. But uh, on game day, this house is going crazy. Everybody's up early. Uh, I guarantee everybody will be up early Sunday morning, uh, you know, just getting everything in order. Patty doing some cooking, the kids doing. Oh, Patty doing some tweeting. I know, I know. <laughs> oh. On Twitter. And that's all I see. That's all I see. I see that all day long. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why? I mean, I'm like, I'm here, you know, hi. And, but she does her thing. And, uh, but uh, <clears throat> it is, uh, you know, it's a bright and early morning, every Bills game that we play in. And, uh, but like you said, I am just so involved and, and so, so happy for this organization and so happy for the players and, and really just really happy for the city of Buffalo to be in this situation again, to, be in the spotlight again. And, and like the guy said on our text message, you know, let's not just let this be a one-year thing. No, I, I think what Brandon Bean is doing, bringing in the right players, drafting the right players, you know, this needs to be a time where, you know, a five- to seven-year window where you can be great, you know. And, and I think that's what's um, allowing this team to maybe succeed a little bit more because I think all those players want that. They don't want it to be a one-year wonder type deal. Now, look, if we went on and won the Super Bowl and next year we go 6-10, and 10, it's all good because we won a Super Bowl, right? But you want this to be an ideal situation to where you can compete with Patrick Mahomes every single year. You can compete with Lamar Jackson every single year. The top-tier teams in the National Football League when you play them, whether they're in the AFC or the NFC, you know when you walk on that football field that you have a damn good chance to win a football game against anybody in the league. And I think even though, you know, the guys are getting a taste of it this year, this is a trend where you need to keep this going for the next five to seven years and uh, and see where you will be at at the end of that. Yeah, you look at all the, the top sustainable teams that year after year they're in the postseason, yeah. getting that chance to be in the Super Bowl. And those are the teams that have a lot of consistency with their coaching staff, with their quarterback. So, you know, I think that's what we were thinking about as we went into, you know, probably earlier negotiations with, with Brandon and coach uh, for an extension, just wanting to make sure we knew they were the right people. But when you have that consistency, it's something that, you know, as Bills fans, we haven't had in a while. Um, no. since basically really, you know, you know Marv, um, that consistency of that, group just being together and um, that really bodes well for us to like you said have those sustainable success and year after year giving ourselves a chance to be in that postseason and making it to a championship game so I think we're on the right track and like you said it sucks really does though there's no fans here but I keep telling people listen this is not the plan it's not that this is the only year that we are going to be having these types of games so 
hopefully next year we're all going to be in the same situation, but we can all come back to our normal lives and be the Bills Mafia. We, we know that we are in this community. To think back to last season and, and the loss to the Houston Texans in the playoffs, a lot of the players said, and, and Josh Allen was one of them, you know, I'm not going to get over this loss until we play again. And we start this season that a lot of people didn't know if it would happen on time or complete on time or if we would even make it to the playoffs with COVID and playing during a pandemic. But you see the season that this Buffalo Bills team has had. They're 15-3. and three. They're on an eight-game win streak right now. Thurman, what has it been like to watch this team? What has it impressed you the most about their season and this win streak that they're having? Well, I think you said it right up, right up front. You know, it all goes back to what Josh Allen said. You know, this is going to stick with me for a long time. And uh, being a quarterback and having that mentality, you know, that's the type of quarterback that you want on your football team. And I think when he said that, I think that said it for all of the players and all the coaches on, on the staff at that time that, you know what, that was not good for us. We can be better than this. And I, they're 15 and three. 15 and three right now on an eight game winning streak and probably could have been 14 and two if not what happened in Arizona. I mean, you, you think about everything <clears throat> that has gone on uh, with this football team. Uh, I, I'm excited for them, really proud of them. Uh, but I, I think when you see the videos of the whole team dancing at practice and with Josh Allen and Micah Hyde, you know what? Um, I text those guys after every single game and say, hey, great win. Keep it going. He said, and the thing that I get back from those guys is that we're not done yet. We're not yet. We're not done yet. Like, we're just getting started. And I'm like, well, you only got two more games to go. So <laughs> let's go. And uh, But those guys have been great. They're great leaders on this football team. And uh, it, it's just such a great it's just great to see them having that opportunity to be there and be in the moment. And 15-3, uh, and three, like you say, on an eight-game, and probably playing the best football out of anybody. I think any if you had to pick another team, it would probably be Green Bay, who has played really good recently. Mm -hmm. This team is getting better every single week, and it's not – I, the sky's the limit for this team, man. With two more games to go, um, counting this game and the Super Bowl, uh, you know what? These guys are hitting their stride at the right time, and uh, it is great to see. Thurman, so we're going to let you I – don't, I don't know that Coach McDermott will be listening to this podcast, but <laughs> um, just in case he is, we're going to let you coach, right? So what, what would your coaching plan be going into this game against Kansas Ooh, City? Ooh, I like this question, Kim. What would be my coaching plan going into this? Um, well, I tell you what. My coaching plan would be, okay, Josh, this is your moment. Stefan, this is your moment. And one last group, the offensive line. What are you going to do today? You have had a tremendous season all year long, and nobody's really talked about you. Nobody's really talked about you. So that can give them a little motivation right there. And, hey, you're going against the Super Bowl defending champions right now, right now in their building. Imagine how their feeling would be if you win this football game and go back to Tampa, the Bills' first Super Bowl ever, Super Bowl 25. How would that feel? So, I mean, it's just the motivational speeches that I would give to the team to try to get them going. Because once you get out there on a the football field, it's X's and O's. It's, can I beat that guy? Can I tackle this guy? What, is, what are the reads by Patrick Mahomes, if he plays or whatever? 
how am I going to stop Tariq? I think all that stuff is great and everything because you go through a week and you've already played this team before, so you pretty much kind of know what they're going to do. This now is just the motivational, the mental aspect of the game to get your guys just a little bit motivated, just a little bit motivated to go out and win the Super Bowl or go out to win the AFC Championship to reach the Super Bowl and have a possibly a good chance to win it. One thing that makes me so confident about this game and, and in the playoffs in general and throughout the season, anytime we face a good team, regardless of who, who they're playing, if they have a losing record or a winning record, the game plan that Leslie Frazier and Brian Dayball are able to scheme up is incredible. I think back to when we played the Ravens last season and the Bills did a really good job of containing Lamar. It ended up in a loss, but the offense didn't play the best, their best game. The defense had a good game, uh, but we've seen the offense catch up to the defense this year. And the offense is the one who's, who's the firepower now scoring all those points. And we lost to the chiefs earlier this season, but you look at the game plan again and, and their game plan was, Hey, we want to make them run the ball because we're going to stop the pass first. Right. And they were able to stop the pass. The unfortunate thing was they ran for almost 250 yards and they couldn't necessarily stop them on the ground because Clyde Edwards Elaire had such a great game. But the Bills had a chance within six points with like six minutes left in the fourth quarter. So they had that chance. Unfortunately, yeah. the Chiefs scored again and then the Bills turned the ball over. But I think about this upcoming game and just – knowing how they've been able to game plan for really great opponents, it makes me feel so confident and good because they're going to put together the perfect plan. It's up to our players to be able to execute that. And knowing what they do in practice all week, I'm like, these guys are going to be so ready for this game. It's not, they're not going to be not prepared. They're not going to be not ready because of the coordinators like Brian Dayball and Leslie Frazier. I, I, exactly right. Um, you know, the last week against Baltimore, I mean, the first three running plays, I mean, Baltimore just went down the field, just running the ball, running the ball, running the ball, and then Justin Tucker uh, missed the field goal. And so you're thinking to yourself, when Baltimore gets the ball again, you're, they're going to come out and do the same thing. They stopped it right there. That was the only drive that they really had. And so when you talk about the coaches again and the leadership, Leslie Frazier going down and saying, hey, guys, this is what we have to do right now. They just, yeah, they had a very good first possession. They ran the ball down the throat. Unfortunately, they missed the field goal. But this is what we have to do. They didn't have a big run after that at all for the rest of the football game. And uh, I think you says it right. It's, uh, it's one of those things where you have the game plan right there. It's already set. You know, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? And uh, this team, man, every single week is always something new. And it's not just the superstars, Josh Allen. Stephon Diggs, Trey White, you know, it's the Zimmermans, it's the Taron Johnson, it's the guys that don't get a lot of publicity that are out there making the plays. And once you have an entire team feeling that way, believing in each other, you know, it's not just on one single guy, it's an entire team out there. So I, I think the sky's the limit for this team. Like I said earlier, you know, it's that five to seven. You want to be one of the elite football teams in the National Football League. And but when you are that one of those teams, you lose coaches sometimes. And that's the one thing I hate about this, this uh, the NFL is that when you're great and you're doing good, you lose coaches. And I hope Dabble and uh, Dable and 
Leslie Frazier, stay here forever, you know, be a part of something. And, uh, but I know it's an opportunity for them and their families to have these interviews with the, with these teams about their head coaching job. That's just the nature of the business. But I guarantee you, you know, if, if we lose either one of those guys or both, I guarantee you Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean are going to bring the exact type of guy back into this organization and hopefully we won't miss a beat. Thurman, I think we are a much different team than the last time we played Kansas City. You know, that that was, I mean, I feel like it was years ago. I know it was only a few <laughs> months ago, but it seems like forever ago when we did play them. And, you know, like you said, it's actually, I think that bodes well for us that we did have an opportunity to play them this year. Kind of got to feel, you know, understand, uh, you know, how they play the game, what they're good at, what they're not good at. And despite the losses, I think we are a different team. We've had a lot more confidence under our belt, a lot more wins. Um, so, you know, I, I know Maddie always makes me want have to pick, you know, kind of <laughs> what I think is going to happen in the upcoming game. And I've been right so far. So, the Bills, and I've she been has. every time. So, you know, I'm going to say that our chances are pretty good because, like you said, we, we were a better team this year, a lot better team than we uh, played them last time. And, you know, playoffs anything can happen and all three phases of our of our team are coming together and maybe they're not all at the same time but when we need one or the other they've shown up and that's that's the fun that's the excitement that's that gives us hope that we can get, go all the way I, I I totally believe you I mean obviously there's some question marks in Kansas City about Patrick Mahomes whether he's going to play or not and having the concussion protocol or whatever but I guarantee you those players are over there over there going I want him to play because I want to play the best I, I want Patrick Mahomes out there uh on the football field but if he's not if it's Chad Henney on the football field we're going to treat him like any other player too we're going to do our game plan we're going to be an aggressive football team and you know what we're we're playing the best football right now of any team in the national football league that's left in the playoffs i think the buffalo bills and like you said kim it's not just offense it's been defense and it's been special teams special teams has been a really good key for this football team tell me tyler i thought tyler bass should have been, made the pro bowl uh, he should have been the rookie of the year or whatever it might be he should have been on somebody's squad he's done a tremendous year had a tremendous year. Andre Roberts, I mean, what can you say about him? He's done an excellent job of kickoff return, punt return. One of these games, we're going to break one. And this would be a great opportunity to do that. And uh, like you said, it's offense, defense, special teams. And, and you, when you said that, it reminded me of one person. It reminded me of Marv Levy. And he always talked about, you, this is a game of threes. Offense, defense, and special teams. If you don't count your special team as an important part of this football game, then you're missing the boat. You're probably going to lose. And these guys have done a great job all season long. And like you said, Kim, I, I'm excited for them. They're playing well right now. And I expect them to play well uh, Sunday against the Chiefs. You know, I think it really – go ahead, Kim. All weekend long, you know, we're, we're watching the other games and, you know, we're, you know, we're asking Terry, like, okay, who would you rather play, the Browns, <laughs> Chiefs? Like, you know, who should we be rooting for and, and all that. And Terry's just like, we're going to play whoever we have to play. <laughs> He's like, it doesn't matter. You want to play the guys that, you know, you're going to have to go up against these guys every time this year. So just let's go and play. We can beat anyone at any given day. So I don't care. I'm not going to root for either one of them because we're going to play whoever we play. And I'm like, you know, fun. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, 
can at least have some fun while you're doing this. But he was just so very like, you know, doesn't matter. We're going to play who we're going to play. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's, and I believe it too. I, I mean, when, when you have a fo good football team, uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. The only reason I was reading, rooting for Cleveland last week because I wanted to see championship game. Yeah. That's the only reason. <laughs> and that's the only reason. And uh, so, yeah, because I wanted the AFC championship game to be here. But I, I think now that this organization is in a great place, it's in a great spot, and I think they don't care who they play right now yep. at, this, at this point in the season and probably for the next couple of years because they know that they have a darn good football team, that they have the swagger, they have the confidence. It's not cocky. It's just confident in their abilities of what they can do on the football field that has brought this team to be 15-3 and three right now. And you have Dawkins signed, Trey White signed. I know Allen and Edmonds are going to be in a couple of years or whatever. You signed Jordan Hoyer to an extension. You did your head coach and your GM for extension. So you're set in the right direction to really have some success here for the next five to seven years. And I think with long as Coach McDermott is running the ship, we will have that success. And you guys, I guarantee you, you guys will be a Super Bowl champion organization very, very soon. I love to hear that. Keep keep saying that. Let's speak it into <laughs> existence here. I always say that. <laughs> I am so excited. I mean, I actually, my uh, my two of my daughters just got engaged, and one of them, future husband, was a Raven fan. And, mm -hmm. and him, I said, I'm not going to give you your blessing, <laughs> blessing until you become a Bills fan. And right then and there, he became a Bills fan. So... <laughs> He was at the game against Baltimore, and he was wearing this Buffalo Bills stuff, and he was he was cheering on the Bills. So uh, this is a great situation to be in. I'm happy. I know that I don't have to answer a lot of questions anymore about you know what happened with us losing the four four years in a row of the Super Bowl because right now I can talk about Josh Allen and this football team right now because this is a damn good one. Thurman, make sure your daughters don't get married during the season, though. I have my daughter's getting married during the season, and so I'm, I'm hoping we don't have a have a Thursday night game or something because you know like, you hate to have to make that choice. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> that would be a tough choice, but um, I, I think they're set for the summer, so we're, we're we're good on that front. Thurman, being able to text with these guys and have relationships with players on the current team, I know in a normal year you would be around a lot more at practices, at games, on the sidelines, um, around the complex. I know this year is very different, but what's it like to be able to have relationships with some of these current players and to, to know that these are guys that also aren't like, oh, you know, it doesn't matter what happened in the past or the teams in the past. Like, they also appreciate that you're willing to have a relationship with them and reach out to them and things like that. And they respect people like you and what you did in the past in Buffalo. Well, once a bill, always a bill, right? And, you know, those guys have been tremendous. They asked me questions about how it was back in the day. And, and we appreciate that. Uh, you know what? I've always said that, Yes, you know, you can talk about the bills of the 90s and going to 
four straight Super Bowls, but also being on the other end of that of not winning one too. And I tell the players all the time, I said, enjoy this, get the memories, because let me tell you something, you win a Super Bowl, you will be the greatest team in Bill's history. You won't be able to talk about the guys that played in the four straight Super Bowls. You will be the greatest team in Bill's history by winning a Super Bowl. And uh, I tell you, it, it's great to see and meet all the guys that are over there every single year. Obviously, there's some new ones coming in every single year from the draft or being undrafted. And uh, it's great that I could be a part of those guys' lives just by talking to them. You know what? They're playing the game. I'm not playing the game anymore. I want, want these guys to succeed you know, more than we succeeded. And by doing that, it will be by winning, enough, winning a Super Bowl. I mean, that's the ultimate goal, right? And I can sit up here and honestly say, I've told those guys that I want them to win so they can be the greatest team in Bill's history. And so people can stop talking about us like they always talk about us. Let this team go out and win one. But uh, it's been great to really get to know those players over there, man. I mean, I have obviously... You know, I have a better connection with Jerry Hughes because he's the oldest guy on the football team. I've had a connection with him. And, and last week, just a little thought, you know, I'm like, you know what? Because I usually wear jerseys almost every game. And so I was going to this game and I said, you know what? What player on this football team is going to make some plays? And I, I went with the old guy. I put on Jerry Hughes' jersey, man. And, and he had a great game, you know? So uh, it is great to know. I, I tell Jared to some of the messages that I do tell him to relay them to the guys or whatever. And so it, it's been great over the past couple of years to be in this situation. But really for this year to go like it has been, it's been outstanding just to talk to the players and talk about their families and, and what it means. And Deion Dawkins last night said, you know what? We need this. This city needs this. And that was all that was said. I was like, wow, this city needs that. These guys know how important this city and this community is to this football team. And they have embraced it. I mean, it has been unbelievable this year. Even with everything that's going on, you talk about Josh Allen's uh, losing his grandmother. Uh, you talk about uh, Lamar Jackson's charity last week. You talk about Josh Norman and then what he's doing. This is a community, man. This is a, a city that really needs this. And I am so glad to be on the ride and be enjoying the ride with the city of Buffalo. Totally. I've got one more question for you. Thinking back to being young and, and growing up in, in Texas and then going to Oklahoma State for college football and getting drafted by Buffalo, probably not knowing you would spend 12 seasons with this team. And then Buffalo in return becoming your home. I mean, how unique is that? I'm sure at a young age, you never thought you would live in Buffalo, New York, but somehow Buffalo just becomes home for a lot of people that don't necessarily grow up in Buffalo. How unique is it to spend a lot of your life in other states and then at the end of the day, come back to Buffalo? A lot of players after they're done with their NFL careers, whether it's in Buffalo, whether it's in Green Bay, whether it's in LA, they'll move back home to where they're from or move elsewhere. But why has Buffalo become your home and how how important and, and unique is is that? Well, I mean, you know what? It's um, like you said, I didn't know where Buffalo, New York was. <laughs> I mean, when I heard that I was drafted by the Buffalo Bills, like Buffalo, New York, I'm like, 
well, that must be by New York City, right? Got to be close to it. So I'm going to be going to the Knicks games, the Yankee games or whatever, realize it wasn't that far, realize it was too far away. But uh, you know what? This started for me at an early age, really at an early age, because I don't know if you know the story. I know Kim does, but my senior year was the year at Oklahoma State, 1987, that I met Patty. And getting drafted by Buffalo and having her be from Buffalo, that was the moment for me that I knew that I was probably <laughs> at least kind of half of the rest of my life in the Buffalo city, in the Buffalo area. And uh, so it's been tremendous to be here, uh, be back here with Jim Kelly and Steve Tasker and Kirk Schultz, just to name a couple of guys that have continued to live here and stay here in the, uh, in the city of Buffalo. Uh, you know, we could have moved anywhere we wanted to, but we wanted to be a part of community that, that we know, that we understand, that are blue-collar people that come to the football games, tailgate. You know, we wanted to be a part of that. And to be here still, you know, I, I went away after I retired, but at, my, my father-in-law got sick. I came back and I never left in 2007. Uh, it's been great. Obviously, you know, having the 17-year drought was not a good thing, but when that drought ended, man, you saw the Buffalo Bills fans come out, Bills Mafia, everybody coming together. So I love it here. I, like I said, I can live anywhere I want to, but I love it here. I love the community. I love this organization. Obviously, you know, I'm a big Sabres fan. A little disappointed about the game last night. But you know what? To have the Bills and the Sabres, two of my favorite teams in one town, and I'm living in it, and I'm enjoying the fans, enjoying the community, enjoying – what's going on, I wouldn't have it any other way. Thank you, Thurman. You know what, you know, you are such a great representation of this community. I, I know you go and you speak to other groups and you know, you do a lot of work outside of Buffalo and for you to, the way you represent our city and our community, our club is, is just tremendous to see, you know, um, not every club gets to have alumni like you and Jim and Bruce and all those guys uh, right. represent their city like you guys do. So really appreciate all the work that you do and um, just, you know, how you really stand up for this community um, and out in the real world that, you know, you're speaking to people. And I know I see you at Super Bowl sometimes and, you know, you're just, you're out there working. You're, you're a grinder. I mean, even now you're out there grinding and, and doing the work and, uh, you know, it, it never ends for you. So, um, but appreciate all that you've done for this community. Thank you so much. You know, the, the work will never stop. Uh, the work will never stop. Uh, I've ingrained into my kids that, you know, this is what we need to do. Even if I'm not here, this is what you need to do. Help the community, help people, help uh, the Bills organization, help this, uh, the city of Buffalo. You know, this is what you need to do. And uh, uh, my wife and I, we've done an excellent job of raising our kids to have that hardworking uh, type of atmosphere around them and being that and, and make sure that when you're out doing whatever you're doing, do it a hundred percent, man. Go, go all, go all at it every single day, all day. And uh, you'll be successful in doing that. Durham, you, almost have, you almost have a football team in your family. Like, <laughs> kids and adopted kids. It's like you could build your own team someday. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I know the, the stresses of all that or whatever. No, I don't want to do that. I want my kids to enjoy what they're doing, and I'm going to enjoy it with them. Uh, yeah, I've never been a coach. I don't want to be a coach. <laughs> I want to just kind of relay the stuff that I know to my kids and let them learn on their own uh, with me. 
Thurman, we appreciate you being on. Thanks so much for helping us get ready for this matchup. It'll be so fun to watch come Sunday. Thank you so much and uh, go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills are proud to partner with National Grid in promoting the Safety First initiative where every time a Bills safety makes a tackle at home, National Grid will donate $50 to the 100 Club of Buffalo in support of first responders and their families. National Grid reminds you to put safety first in your home with this easy tip. If you come across a downed power line, keep everyone away and report it immediately to your power company. Kim, I look at this week and I think about all the requests and interviews that everyone is getting. Thurman talked about how busy he is and why we had to record this podcast early because he's getting bombarded with interview requests. A lot of his former teammates are also getting bombarded with interview requests. You were on the Adam Schefter podcast. I know you've probably had other interview requests this week. How nice is it and fun is it and also deserving of Buffalo to be in a spotlight like this and to be on big stages to to do an interview with Adam Schefter to have so many of our players on Good Morning Football this week and different things like that. I heard Bruce Smith is also going to do something. It's it's great that the community, that this team, that former players are getting recognition this week. No, listen, you know, um, I think as an organization, you want to be relevant, right? You want to be relevant in the regular season. You want to be relevant in the postseason. And, you know, maybe that's something in the last several years that, you know, we haven't really been on that national stage. Um, you know, we've gotten a lot of national games this year. We've got some primetime games and we've done well in them. And as coach says, you've got to earn the right to get those types of games and be on that national stage. And I think that's what we're just starting to see now, that there has been a level of respect for Josh Allen, for other guys on our team, for our coach, our GM, our organization as a whole, that we kind of are starting to earn the right to get that national attention. And it is, it is fun to see. I mean, it is fun to be a part of. Um, it's fun to see these guys back, you know, in, in the Super Bowl era back, uh, back when, to be kind of being relevant again and getting to share their excitement and, and their experience. Um, so, you know, like I said, it's, um, I think we're just starting to see that uh, getting, you know, like I said, earning the right to be relevant, to get the national attention. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun and, and it's well-deserved. Yeah, it's definitely well-deserved. And it's not like we're over here flaunting like, oh, look at us, the Buffalo Bills. But Buffalo is definitely a team that gets counted out for that. And I think, of course, part of it is because of the market size and that, you know, we live in Buffalo. But the way that this team is playing, the the wins that they've had this season, how far they've been able to make it into the postseason, you know, you can't discount market size right now they deserve the attention that they're getting they deserve all those interviews you deserve it the team deserves it the former players deserve it it's like they should sometimes be treated like this all the time and I think it's it's just a part of living in Buffalo and, and being a part of this team that unfortunately we don't get the attention that we deserve even when we're playing this well. Who has been a big star in all of this is our fan base. Our, because every interview that I do, the first thing that they ask about is this community, the Bills Mafia. And I think they have shown throughout this whole season in a year that has been crazy and challenging for so many, um, you know, them giving back to this team in a variety of ways. Um, they have truly been 
the the highlight. Um, I'm telling you, every, every like I said, every question that I get always has something to do with the Bills Mafia and this fan base. And I think that you know now as you get less choices of, of teams to root for, right? That we are certainly a team that you want to root for. And across, even if you're a fan of some other team, your team is no longer in the playoffs anymore. Um, I had somebody text me from Pittsburgh saying, listen, all of Pittsburgh is rooting for the Bills now, right? So I think that, you know, we are, you know, we've, we've done it the right way. I, I think, you know, our fan base that has given back so much to, to other teams, other communities, uh, whether it's Lamar Jackson, whether it's Josh Allen's grandmother, and we, I know we've done multitude, multitude of other things the Bills Mafia has, that, um, you know, I think people really want to root for us. And I think they're, they are really hoping that we get to that game and we get that, you know, a very elusive, you know, Super Bowl win. So I'll, I'll take it. I've had a countless number of people who work currently for other teams in the NFL text me and say, who aren't still in the playoffs, of course, text me and say, we're cheering for you. This is such a fun team to watch. It's so obvious to see the relationships that they have with each other just by watching a game. So it's, it's nice to get those text messages and know that it's not just you and I who like think this team is awesome, but like people outside of Buffalo think this team is also awesome. A few more that think this team is awesome besides you and I. Yeah, definitely. So this week, it's a, it's a busy week for all of us, of course, but what does your week look like leading up to the AFC championship game? I know you'll be at the game. So how, how do preparations look for you this week? It's funny. Somebody asked me like, you know, how, you know, what I'm doing this week and how it's going and, you know, similar to a question like you. And I said, I've never done this before. <laughs> there are so many new things happening. This week, now obviously, um, thank, thankfully for all Bills fans, I have nothing to do with the game. So I don't have to worry about <laughs> the game plan or the coaching or any of those uh, situations. And being in this tight um, COVID protocols, it sometimes makes things a little bit easier because you just, you know what the rules are and there's like end of story. Uh, being in an away game, it's a little bit easier because we don't have to test fans. We're not you know, operationally, uh, we're not hosting a, a home game. So it's a little bit easier. But something new this week that I've never experienced, obviously, before is Super Bowl planning. So what everyone has told me that has been uh, gone to a Super Bowl in recent years is, listen, you have to plan this week because if you are in, in the game, those two weeks are going to be crazy. And if you don't start now, like it, it's going to be hard. So, and even the league says, Hey, we need, you know, there's um, the league, you know, had a meeting with the four teams and going over all these Super Bowl things, regardless of, you know, if you're in it or not, um, they need decisions. You need to, you know, as you can imagine, there's going to be a thousand requests, a thousand decisions, a thousand things that are going to just hit you. You know, if, if we're fortunate enough to win on Sunday, you know, my phone is going to blow up <laughs> um, soon after that, not, not just because of the win, but it's going to blow up going into what Super Bowl is going to be like. And so I have spent, or I'm spending all week, uh, besides media and talking about the game, and um, it's going to be really planning uh, behind the scenes and prepping. And I would say, listen, I've said this many, many times, I just don't think that this is our last chance. I don't think it's going to be another 
25, 27, 30 years, however many it's going to be. Um, so I just feel like, you know, this, this year is a learning year for, for our team and for me, just understanding the postseason and all that goes into it, especially you know, from a business side. And if we, we're not in the big game, it's just great learning because I think we're going to be back here multiple times year after year uh, with the kind of team and the organization that we have uh, committed to long term. So it's not wasted time and it's fun mm -hmm. and I'll keep my mind busy, uh, but knowing, yes, we still have one more game that we need to get through. Yeah, this team is definitely here to stay. I mean, the extensions that have, have happened for Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and some of our players and the extensions to come for several players down the road, whether it's this year, next year, or the year after, like there's going to be a really great solid group of guys who can build something here for years to come. Just like Thurman was saying, uh, this is a team that's going to be good for a while. But when you look at this matchup, when you look at the Chiefs, it's our second time playing the Chiefs this season, which I feel good about. I'm glad we got to play them once. I'm also really glad that the coaches have an entire season of tape to go off of from what the Chiefs have been able to do this year, the games they've been able to win. The Chiefs are such a talented football team. They're the defending Super Bowl champions for a reason. They could easily make it to the Super Bowl just like the Bills could. I think this is a matchup between two teams who possess a lot of similar skills in the way that Josh and Patrick play at the quarterback position, but also the amount of weapons that each guy has to his disposal and how the defense is able to help the team. And, and we saw the defensive defenses of each team really step up. I mean, the defense won the game for the Bills. The defense for the Chiefs played a huge part in their Browns win in order to get to the AFC Championship game. So as we enter this game, Kim, what are some of your thoughts? Where's your mind at for this game? I know I said the Colts game was going to be a close one. Of course, we felt like the Ravens game would also be a close one. It didn't turn out to be as close as the Colts game, but this game, it's going to come down to the wire. There's there's no way to, to talk around it. These are two good teams who can put points on the scoreboard. It, it's it's going to be a last quarter, uh, you know, possibly a last minute play thing. Yeah, you know, I, I don't, I can say, I, I don't know because, you know, as I watch not just our games, but all the games in the postseason, there's been some upsets. Like, it's truly like what they say, like the postseason is a completely different season. I mean, you're the only the best teams are there and anything can happen. I mean, you look at Tampa Bay and New Orleans, right? You know, like New Orleans had their number through the, you know, through the regular season. But in this game, their defense, Tampa Bay's defense came up big. So, you know, it, like Cleveland, you know, listen, Cleveland had a chance. Yes. They had a real good chance of winning this game against the winning their game against Kansas City. So I, I don't even want to figure out what, how, how the game's going to go. I have no clue. I have no clue how this is going to go. I know there's a lot of talk about Patrick Mahomes, whether it's his injury to right. his foot or the concussion. But listen, I mean, he's, as you've seen, he's been a competitor. He's going to be playing. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not buying into all this and hoping on anything. I just think that, you know, he's going to show up. Um, and then, you know, we talked about, well, listen, he's got, you know, it's going to be hard because Patrick Mahomes has got a Super Bowl under his belt. You know, he's got that experience where Josh doesn't. But Patrick Mahomes didn't have experience when he won the first Super Bowl. So, you know, it anything goes. And in this COVID year, things are 
you know, kind of lining up for us. Um, I, I think back to, you know, 93, that's when my husband, you know, my husband and I, we got married in 93. You know, we th there's just so many little things. I, I know, you know, we talk about superstitions in the game, but just, you know, last time we played Kansas City, you know, last time we were in the conference championship was Kansas City. Just some, you know, kind of some weird things that, that uh, are lining up right this year that sometimes, you know, just make for great 30 for 30 stories, right? Years later. <laughs> so, um, I, I, like I said, I'm not even going to predict what's going to happen this game. Yeah, it's like, are the stars lining up for the Bills to get to the Super Bowl? Because the more things that you talk about and are able to pull at and find, it's kind of like, eh, maybe it was written in the stars this year. And of course, like we've said already, it would be such a Buffalo thing for the Bills to make it to the Super Bowl in a COVID year when the best fan base in the country cannot fully enjoy it like of course this would happen doesn't matter though if, if we're there and we're able to get to the super bowl and we're able to even win in the super bowl i i'm sorry fans but i don't care if you're there or not <laughs> i'm gonna take it I, you know maddie it's so funny because um since we bought the team i've gone to the super bowl every year so you know whether it's our partners, league partners, you know, it's more of a, a work thing, right? Mm -hmm. So Gary doesn't, I, I think he went to one and he's like, I'm not, if we're not in the game, I'm not going and I don't care. Um, and, you know, this year is a little bit different. I was even just wondering if I was going to go or not. And, you know, whenever I'm watching the Super Bowl, right, I start out really excited, right? Like, it's the Super Bowl. And, you know, listen, that's one of the perks of being an owner is like, you know, you, you get to go to the Super Bowl and watch the biggest game, you know, in, in the world happening. And then you get excited about, you know, halftime, right? Halftime show and all that. After the halftime show, then I start getting really mad. Then I'm like, this sucks. Why are we, why am I even here? Cause we're not in the game. Like, like how many years am I going to have to sit here watching other teams play this stupid game? And like, so then I get really mad. Right. And then when the game is over, I get really excited again. Cause I'm like, Okay, we're all O and O now. New season, yeah. another you know, another year. This season is put to rest. So it's a very emotional roller coaster that I go through as Super Bowl, and that's when we're not even in it, right? So you can imagine what it's going to be like. I, I actually, in fact, my kids were like, "Mom, I don't know if you're going to make it there because you know how anxious I get about every game." And then the more games we've had, they're just like, "I don't know if you're going to make it, Mom." <laughs> You might just die from a heart attack before we even get to the game. So, okay, one, one, one game at a time. But One game at a time. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen. And hopefully we can all celebrate the fact that we are going to the Super Bowl next week with a Bills win. It'll be – I yeah, can't believe we're, we're saying we're one win away. I, I hate to say this as an excuse, and, and I, I don't mean it to be, but even if we don't win next this Sunday, um, we have – so many wins that we can really look back on in this year, both on and off the field. I mean, it, you know, if you think about, and I know it seems forever ago, but if you think about all the things that this team, this organization, this league has been able to accomplish, um, and especially for our clubs, the, the records that Josh Allen has broke, the, you know, the, the achievements that they've all, you know, whether it's by games or statistics or, for our coaching staff, our team, our players, our org, it just, 
there are so many wins that we can be so proud of in a year that is going to be unforgettable, not just for football, but what's, ha what's happened in this world. Um, and for us to be having the success that we're having in the world that we're living in. Um, so, you know, like I said, I, I'm going to, if we do lose, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt because there's just so many wins that I, I think we can take away from all season long across the board with our fan base, with the giving that they've, they've done, our Bills Mafia, just, just the respect that they've had for other players and for just giving back in our community. Just There's just so many things that, you know, if I start thinking back on, um, you know, it, it's going to be, I would call this a success of the year no matter what. Yeah, I, I completely agree. That's a good way to put it and a good way to think about just the hurdles and the obstacles that this team has been able and the NFL has been able to overcome to get through this season and, and make it a season to remember in a lot of ways and make it a season that so many people are thankful that it happened because football has been an escape every weekend for so many people as, as we're still cooped up at home and as the pandemic is still raging on hopefully next season this time we are back to normal but we'll be back here next week to break it all down we want to thank everybody for joining in listening and watching we appreciate uh, all of our viewers and, and sticking with us all year throughout so many great interviews and great guests but kim thanks for the time as always have a safe trip to Kansas City and bring us home a dub, okay? I will do my best, but <laughs> my fingers. I, in fact, I was. I said to uh, someone in my family, I said, I, "Do you think are you are you allowed to pray to win a football game?" Like, <laughs> I've, I've done it before. I've done it before. And my brother, he said the same thing. He goes, "Oh no!" He goes, "Oh no!" You can pray. God's listening. So I was like, "Okay." He loves God. Loves football, and he loves the Bills. So I'm like, "Okay." Well, everyone like. Let's pray for a win, so. Yes. All right, we'll see you next week, Maddie. Yes, we'll see you next week. Those Pod Squad brought to you by the New York Lottery. Have a good rest of your week, everybody.